1: There is nothing more frustrating than doing everything in your power to be successful, only to see forces out of your control, such as a fire, cyber attack, or a virus, suddenly render your business inoperable. Businesses and their staff face a variety of hazards, natural hazards like floods, fires, severe wind, hurricanes, tornadoes, and earthquakes health hazards such as widespread and serious illnesses like COVID or the flu, human because hazards including accidents and acts of violence, technology-related hazards like power outages and equipment failure, and criminal activity associated with business identity theft or cybercrime that includes credit card theft, network intrusions, and software piracy. Whatever one chooses to call it, disaster planning, emergency preparedness, or business continuity, and experts note that there are differences, the goals are ultimately the same. To get an organization back up and running in the event of an interruption. The problem causing the interruption could be one computer crashing or an entire network crashing, or it could be an electrical outage or the result of terrorist activity. The goal is to have some contingency plans in the event of a problem. A disaster recovery plan exists to preserve the organization so that it can continue to offer its services. What's the first move? What steps should you and or your employees take in the event of an emergency to stay safe? And how do you decide what your employees should do to prevent the loss of assets, inventory, and other property? Years ago I worked in an old house that was converted into an office that literally we had just moved into that week. Friday morning as I was sitting at my desk I started to smell smoke and saw to my surprise smoke pouring out of the door jamb in between my office and the kitchen. I yelled out to Bill the only other employee who was on site that morning to come quick as I was dialing 911. I showed him the door jam and then ran next door to the hair salon to see if they had a fire extinguisher, which they did. I ran back, heard Bill in the kitchen who was unplugging the copy machine because flames were shooting out of the electrical socket. I pulled the pin, shot foam at the wall, and unfortunately all over Bill who was wearing a $300 suit. We looked at each other, laughed out loud, and then started the mad scramble to figure out what to do next. Thank goodness another employee showed up, so we formed a line to start hauling out all the computers and anything we could grab before the fire department showed up. When the fire department finally arrived, they proceeded to take their axes and hack into the wall and then sprayed water all over the office. Our first week in the house slash office, we faced an emergency which completely disrupted the business in a matter of sheer frantic moments. A disaster recovery plan is a user's guide, the documentation for how to preserve an organization. In order for a plan to be useful, it must be created before an interruption occurs. Business continuity is disaster recovery. Lost revenue is a driving force in business continuity. The reason to do a recovery plan is essentially to keep the funding coming in and the services going and the clients being served. Emergency planning are those procedures and steps done immediately after an interruption to business. Disaster recovery are the steps taken to restore some functions so that some level of services can be offered business continuity is restoration planning, completing the full circle to get your organization back to where it was before an interruption. In order to write your plan, you have to do some planning. This planning is the process that will get you to the step where you then commit your plan to paper. You can't write a plan until you do the preparation. The most difficult thing is getting started. The second most difficult task is keeping the plan current. Unfortunately, there are no cookie-cutter templates, and one size does not fit all. There are some common elements among plans, but every plan will be different because every organization's structure and circumstances are unique. How do you know when it's a disaster? When critical services aren't happening. Can all employees recognize what a disaster is and what they should do? In the event of an emergency, all personnel should know what their roles are and where they should go. Train and drill. Staff has to know what to do. Even the best employees cannot be expected to know what to do when disaster strikes. Leaving each to respond in his or her own way only adds to the confusion of an event. A disaster preparedness and recovery plan should include employee training. It should address general training for all employees, including individual roles and responsibilities, information about threats, hazards, and protective actions, notification, warning, and communications procedures means for locating family members, emergency response procedures, evacuation, shelter, and accountability procedures, location and use of common emergency equipment, emergency shutdown procedures. Build emergency preparedness into the culture of the organization. Part of writing a disaster plan is to think ahead to the possibilities of what can go wrong and make contingency plans. Risk analysis is the process of identifying credible threats that could cause an interruption in an organization's business. It is important to recognize that some risks can come from within. For example, a business that has a kitchen on its premises or one that stores hazardous cleaning chemicals on site. However, you can't possibly plan for every scenario. It would take all of one's time and the plan would never get done. The goal is not to create a separate plan that addresses every risk, but to create one plan that addresses all risks or possible known scenarios. Keep in mind that during a disaster or an interruption, you can't count on being able to dial in, log in, or walk in. Here's what you need to think through. What are the potential identifiable disasters, internal and external? How would each affect the organization's systems and programs? When analyzing risks, factors to consider include Historical What types of emergencies have occurred in the community at your facility or nearby? Regionally in northern Nevada, we have experienced earthquakes, wildland fires, which also produces bad air quality leading to health hazards, flooding, severe storms, hazardous material spills, transportation accidents, civil disorder, avalanches, drought, and bioagriculture and human infection. Geographically, what can happen as a result of your location? Are you in a flood-prone area? Major transportation route, like by a freeway or the airport, or close to an area that is going to have a lot of road work that makes it hard for people to get to your place of business, or sadly, in a location that experiences robberies or looting. Human error. What emergencies might be caused by employees? This may be the result of poor training and supervision, carelessness, misconduct, substance abuse, fatigue, etc. Physical. What types of emergencies could result from the design or construction of the facility? Does the physical facility enhance safety? Consider the construction of the office, warehouse, retail store, or restaurant. Think in terms of security, landscaping, parking areas, lighting in halls and stairways, storing combustibles or toxins, hazardous processes or byproducts, Fire escape or evacuation routes and exits, shelter areas, etc. How will you handle evacuating disabled people who cannot use the stairs or during a blackout when the elevators cannot be used? Consider what could happen as a result of a computer crash, prohibited access to your office, loss of electricity, ruptured gas mains, water damage, smoke damage, structural damage air or water contamination, building collapse, trapped persons, chemical release. In spite of everything I said above, there are ultimately only four different scenarios that you need to plan for regardless of the catastrophe or interruption. One, only your local office in the building is unusable. For example, one or more offices in your space become temporarily unusable because of a flood. Some contents and material may be recoverable, some may not. Two, the entire building is gone. For example, a fire destroys the structure and its contents. Three, a temporary disruption in services, such as an electricity outage, for example, Two years ago, right at the edge of our parking lot, one of the Envy Energy's power transformers exploded, causing a loud bang that literally shook our building. As we raced to the front window to see what happened, we could see large pieces of metal and sparks raining down on our cars, building, and one individual standing right there waiting for the bus. They were fortunately not hurt. However, this jolt caused an immediate power outage along the entire street, which lasted about three days. And four, an impact in the large geographic area, rendering the area uninhabitable for an unknown amount of time. After this break, I want to go through the steps in creating your disaster plan recovery. I'll be right back.
2: I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line.
0: Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775 345 Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval turn and conditions may apply subject to change without notice Natakwa Natakwa news the original entertaining informative and historic publication nataqua news is a community newspaper with good news history travel and fun nataqua news is delivered to the north slopes of the sierra nevada throughout nevada and california it's a delightful experience of yesteryear the articles are outstanding and the illustrations bring the stories to life fun for all ages Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa.
1: Welcome back and thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show. I want to talk about the first step in creating your disaster plan recovery is to appoint a person or assign a team, the emergency management team, to coordinate the various departments in the design of the plan. The second step is to decide who is in charge of making decisions. Who is going to have the authority to make short-term emergency decisions, for example, whether to evacuate the building? What is the chain of command? There has to be a chain and broad knowledge of who is in charge. In other words, who is number two if the first person isn't present or can't be reached? The plan needs to be specific as to what recovery steps need to get done first, as well as detailing who has access to that information. The logic and order of steps depends on the nature of the organization and its services, as well as the type of disaster or interruption. The members of the emergency management team will address this during the planning stages, particularly when analyzing the organization's services and programs. The plan must be flexible, legible, understandable, and able to be interpreted by a layperson. Common sense must rule. As things change in the organization, people come, people go, programs fold, programs start, the plan has to be updated to reflect any changes. Before any plan can be drafted, the emergency management team needs to analyze and know the organization. This process will determine your critical services and functions. Answers to the following questions will help to craft your recovery plan. What are your organization's functions and services? This is where you will describe in detail what you do. What staff is responsible for what functions? Which functions and services are critical and which are less so? Do a client impact analysis. In the event of an interruption, what would be the impact on your services to your clients? For example, if your organization delivers meals to clients at home, How would you get those meals to them should your facilities be inaccessible? Whom do you serve? This is the demographic data of your client base. How do you serve them? What do you provide to your clients? Information, food, medical care, transportation, personal services such as legal, accounting, etc.? Where or how do you serve them? On site, at their home, online, or the telephone? What are your personnel requirements? Are services provided by staff or volunteers? What are your equipment requirements? Computers, vehicles, tools, machinery? How do your services impact the organization's functioning? For example, if fee-for-service is crucial to your operations, what will happen if you cannot perform those services? As we have seen in the restaurant industry, if you cannot come to my location to eat, what other options do I have to sustain the business? Takeout, catering, meal delivery services. In order to make contingency plans, differentiate your organization's services. If, for example, a phone or computer system is needed to provide services to your clients, then do you have the ability to answer the phone or work from home or another location if you cannot physically be present in the office? Where is your organization's information or crucial documents stored? In the cloud? Secure off-site location? On-site in a fireproof or crush-proof safe or locked filing or storage cabinet? Think about everything related to your corporation or LLC entity documents, accounting files and records, checks, credit cards, personnel files and records, including everyone's current phone number and emergency contacts, lease agreements, insurance policies, retirement plan documents, health insurance provider information, financial information, investment portfolios, Business licenses, vehicle registrations, etc. Who could provide this information if those with the answers were gone? A computer crash can be just as devastating as the result of a disaster. You need to take an inventory of every piece of hardware your organization owns and would need to replace if damaged or destroyed. What company provides your website hosting? email service, IT service provider, and complete system backups. Is there a procedure in place for documenting all passwords needed to access all files and data? Do you have battery backup systems, firewalls, and malware installed on your network? Once data is lost, it's almost always lost forever. There will never be a full recovery without data. The next step in creating your disaster recovery plan is to do a business impact analysis which determines in how many days or weeks without your regular stream of income you will go out of business. How long will it take before the loss of income affects the delivery of your organization's services? How many payroll periods can you meet with no income? How many vendors will get paid and which ones? What is your cash reserve? How quickly do each of your services have to get back up and running? In other words, what is the acceptable level of downtime? In some instances, it could be immediate. Power shut off, power back on. Or it could be protracted in cases of a severe storm. You need to examine each discrete, definable component of an organization, each department, and its critical services that you want to resuscitate. It's important to keep in mind that in an interruption, there will always be a certain amount of downtime that you're going to have. In determining your recovery time objective, another question to answer is what constitutes unacceptable downtime? Then you can determine where you need to initially focus some resources or face some budget realities to purchase or upgrade your technology, facilities, or equipment that would be utilized in the event of an interruption create a communication plan. Perhaps one of the most overlooked components of a disaster recovery plan is having a good communication plan. Communication is critical when responding to and recovering from any emergency, crisis event, or disaster. In the event a disaster strikes, how are you going to communicate with your employees? Many times, the main communication platforms, phone and email, may be affected and alternative methods of contacting your employees will be needed. A good communication plan will account for initial communications at the onset of a disaster as well as ongoing updates to keep employees, vendors, suppliers, and customers informed throughout the event. Review your insurance coverage. Insurance coverage is a must for any company, but not every kind of business insurance will be helpful in the event of a disaster. Review your current policy and ensure there are no gaps in coverage that could prevent you from collecting. For example, you should have sufficient coverage to pay for the indirect costs of a disaster, such as the disruption to your business, as well as the direct costs, such as physical damages. You can typically purchase additional insurance that protects your business against specific disaster risks in your area, like earthquakes or floods. You can also purchase add-ons that cover damages away from your premises, such as to your key suppliers who may not be able to deliver their goods and services to your business. So what are the backup plans just in case? Report losses to the SBA. The Small Business Administration offers advice, access to resources, and aid to small businesses across the country, and that includes in the wake of disasters. Businesses of all sizes can borrow up to $2 million to repair or replace damaged or destroyed real estate, machinery or equipment, and inventory. The SBA also offers economic injury disaster loans up to $2 million to meet working capital needs. If your business is in a declared disaster area, you can start the process of applying by visiting sba.gov. You can't predict the next crisis, but you can be prepared for it. Investing your time and resources against a threat that may never come may feel like a waste, but each minute you spend preparing for a disaster is an hour you'll save when issues do arrive. Business disruptions can impact organizations of any size in any location. From weather to power outages, political events, or even virus outbreaks, every organization needs to develop a business continuity plan to ensure its business operations can continue no matter the disruption. Having a dynamic plan in place can help build confidence and trust with employees and key stakeholders. The goal is to manage the company's reputation with customers, assist the business to meet legal obligations, ensure the business has few interruptions in the event of a disaster, and help you to identify essential remote tools to maintain operations. Planning is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. The only thing harder than planning for an emergency is explaining why you didn't. Thank you for tuning in to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.
0: The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on facebook.com Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show.